we're going to talk SEO, search volumes into Wayne and point out a few stuff. And also, if you have any questions uh, for after, feel free to jump on stage. We will be happy to have you and talk with you guys. Fabian, let's, let, while, while we populate the room, let's have Judith uh, introduce herself. Uh, Judith, could you tell us a little about, like Fabian knows you personally, I do not. Could you tell uh, uh, us and everybody else a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure, sure. Um, I am a professional digital marketer, I guess. <laughs> it's been 25 years, so I think I'm, I'm professional now. Uh, I did narrowly escape a uh, life in the legal profession by moving countries. So uh, it might seem extreme, but sometimes that's what it takes. And um, I have a background in hard code, so I did programming. And then I went and did a degree in psychology, and now I do SEO for a lot of different companies, I speak at a lot of wine conferences um, around the world, and I actually have some authority, I guess, uh, I guess it could be said, uh, in chocolate. <laughs> I judge chocolate. I eat chocolate. Everybody loves chocolate. Well, almost everybody loves chocolate. Um, but I, I have, a, I guess, a moderately okay palate. And uh, as a result, I ended up speaking at wine conferences. It's a really roundabout way um, <laughs> that I got there. But as a result, I also started to work for some clients in the wine industry. And the wine industry is one of those industries that um, is really, really, really far behind in um, adopting the new to the new digital landscape. So I do try to help out a lot when I'm at conferences. I will give up a lot of my personal time. I speak at a conference called IYNTC. And um, anybody who's there can book 20 minutes with me for free. And I will look at their website. And I will help diagnose any problems and try to give them recommendations and help for free while they're at the conference. Um, but I usually um, bill at it about twelve five zero per day uh, with a minimum of a day booking. So uh, it's quite a valuable uh, chunk of time that people are getting off of me when I'm at conferences. Sadly, we haven't been able to do that recently, but um, that's why I also do these things like clubhouses and stuff, because I hope that... Um, winemakers, you know, whether they're enologists or viticulturists or, or, you know, people who are doing it as a, as a hobby. I have a friend who bought a, a, a vineyard and a winery for fun because he had the money and doesn't know much about winemaking. Um, and so I hope people will be able to take this information and use it uh, and hopefully improve their own wineries, websites and make more money as a result. Could you repeat? Could you repeat that one more time about the wine industry? Just <laughs> for everybody, to, so we can get very clear on this. Can you repeat that one more time, please, Judith? The wine industry tends to be very far behind the rest of the world <laughs> as far as adopting and adapting to the new digital landscape. New, I say new. It's I, I've been online for over twenty-five. No, I've been online since nineteen eighty-five, right? So 1985, it's 2021. So I've been online longer than a lot of people have been alive. And, you know, and I've seen a lot. <laughs> and the wine industry hasn't caught up to like 1985 yet. So I'm still waiting them to pull them. <laughs> Not all of them. Some of them do very well. Um, but the reason why we're doing this and hopefully we'll have some fun is that the wine industry tends to be a little bit behind, but that's because it's like family owned stuff. And like a friend of mine has a winery in the North of Italy. She works really hard. She did a Kickstarter. She's done all sorts of stuff. She's really advanced, but people look at her and she's like the outsider because she's so advanced. Um, and I'd, I'd love to, and I volunteer a lot of my time to, I love to pull the wine industry and all those family run wineries um, out of where they are into the more modern era, so to speak, not being dismissive, but like, because it's so expensive to access people like me, I try to give as much time as possible for free to help people learn more about what it is I do. Um, and I, I have decks out there. The last uh, talk I gave at IYNTC was wickedly comprehensive on how to uh, find out more information about uh, building a website, how to build on WordPress, how to hire an agency if you need to hire an agency, what questions to ask, how to ask them, how to find the answers. Like it was super comprehensive, but you can't get at it unless you were at the conference. So um, 
because it was so expensive to put that together for me and also so valuable for people to have in the wine industry. So the wine industry is a little bit behind, but that doesn't mean that they are alone. There are a lot of industries that are behind, but I've seen bloggers out as I, as you heard me talk about earlier, bloggers outrank wineries on their own brand names. So I have seen bloggers outrank wineries. Thanks a and, lot, Judy, and... for, Judith, for the <laughs> Judith, quick introduction. Judith. Yeah, Judith, with the, for the quick introduction about your background and what you're doing. You're doing now. Uh, I just wanted to mention, like, we're not gonna go too deep into SEO because it can be very technical, and if you don't know how it works, it can be pretty boring because it's very geeky. Uh, but if you have any question, feel free to chime in. I saw Pierre uh, wanted to jump in the stage. We're going to bring you up in a few minutes. Uh, but before we jump in with questions, uh, I think what what do you see as actually the biggest wine searches online, Judith? Is there anything? Is this wine brands that are researched the most or is this any food pairing, any wine travel, wine destination? What's really interesting people online, actually, when they're getting onto Google or other stuff? So I, I went and did some research. I've, I've done research for people like Wine and Moderation and things like that before to look at what, um, what people are searching for when they go online. And what I wanted to do was do like a quickie kind of like head to head. What has the most search volume? And just hopefully people in the audience will play along really, really quickly, just like really quick shotgun um gut feel um what do you think is more searched for so i did a whole bunch of research um and i've got a deck that i'll share with everybody at the end um, but i've got a deck of like a head-to-head -head comparison so in your opinion what do you think is more searched for globally wine tastings or wine tours anyone want to reply want to come on stage you, we're gonna you do just... it as a game Really quickly, yeah. This just is gonna really be quick quickly, fight. what would you guess? When you come up, please, please, please just say what it is. Just, that's it. Just say which one, wine tours or wine tasting. Sari, go ahead. Oh, hi there. Uh, thank you for having me on stage. Uh, you want me to, you mean to guess between wine tours and wine tastings? Yeah, probably, yeah just, probably you know, tours. Everybody, when they come up, this is not introduction. It's just boom, boom, boom. It's this or yep. that. So yeah. Go ahead, Sari. Probably tours is my guess. And then I have a couple of things I wanted to share. Tours or tasting? Tours? I'll tours. 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 Okay. Wine tasting tours. globally. So to the two global search volumes, wine tours uh, and wine tasting. Wine tours has uh, 15,100 searches uh, globally uh, monthly, uh, according to Google. And wine tastings has 76,600 searches globally interesting monthly with 40,500 in the US for tastings and 6,600 in the US for tasting so it's that um how about the best wineries in California best wineries in Napa or best wineries in Sonoma which you think is more searched for Pierre you pick Sonoma or Napa uh, probably best probably Napa hmm. Napa's more popular but it might be Sonoma so search volumes We'll say just in the U.S. because it is California. In the search volumes in the U.S., in California, best wineries in Napa, 9.9 thousand a month. Best wineries in Sonoma, 4.4 thousand a month. Sorry, Sonoma, you lose. How about pairings? So I looked at pairings, wine and food pairings. Which has the most search volumes? This, this one was really weird. Um, surprising. Which has the most search volumes? Wine and cheese pairings, pizza and wine pairings, or wine pairing with salmon. Who uh, we're going to bring people up one by one. So if you want to take part in the game, come on up. So, okay, we have somebody coming up. Like I said, when you come on stage here, this is not the time for intro. It's just it's just you say which which one you think is the most correct and most searched for. We will so go to intro and all the stuff later, guys. And no problem. Yes, yes, Ricardo. Which one do you think is more searched for? Go ahead. Ricardo. Thomas, you know, sorry, I didn't get the, the, the question before. I wine and cheese the, pairings, Roma. pizza and wine pairings, or wine pairing with salmon? What's the most searched for? I think with cheese. With cheese? Yeah. Pierre? Okay. Well, you said weird. I would go for pizza, but something tells me salmon. Siri? 
I want to say salmon just because I get that question a lot, but it might be cheese. So wine and cheese pairings globally has 5,000 searches per month. Um, pizza and wine pairings globally is 3,200. I am judging people. 3,200 searches a month. And wine pairing with salmon globally, 4,800 searches a month. So very, very close. In the U.S., wine pairing with salmon is 3.6K and only 2.9K on the wine and cheese. So in the U.S., I'm Canadian. I am also judging Americans. Um, wine and cheese is more popular globally, but wine pairing with salmon, more popular in the U.S. Interesting. Wow. More calories. What's more searched for? Calories in red, white, or rosé? What do you think? Rosé wine calories? Red wine calories or white wine calories? I'd say red because people might think that red has more calories than white. Red? Uh uh, I would go for white because I think white? the demand is for white. Yes. Ricardo? I'll go for rosé because I think that women are more interested in calories rather than men. And women drink more. Guys, 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 guys. We're, we want to get through as many as possible. So it's either red, white, rosé. Sorry to be me, but we're going to be quick. <laughs> go ahead. I'll Judith. say rosé then. Okay. So uh, I thought rosé too. Globally, uh, calories in red wine, 34,600. Calories in white, 16,200. Calories in rosé, 6,200, lowest one for rosé. Um, how about head-to-head -head of expensive versus cheap? Who do you think is more searched for, Penfolds or Cheval Blanc? If anyone wants to play, come and raise their hand. Go, Siri, go ahead. I'd say Cheval Blanc. Cheval Blanc. Cheval Blanc. Me too, Cheval Blanc. I would go Penfolds, Globally, definitely. Penfolds, I'm afraid. Yeah. Penfold's 11.6K to Cheval Blanc's 10.4. Sorry, Cheval Blanc. How about Screaming Eagle? Screaming Eagle Winery versus Kendall Jackson. <laughs> if we go cheap versus expensive. Kendall Jackson. Kendall Jackson? I'll go for Screaming Eagle. Screaming Eagle? Me too, Screaming Eagle. Okay, Screaming Eagle Kendall globally. Jackson. Kendall Jackson. Screaming Eagle globally, 8.9K. Um, Kendall Jackson, 9.9K. Close. Close, very close. Um, how about Gallo versus Chateau Margot? Siri? Gallo. A tricky one. Margot, Margot. Uh, I, I'll, I'll play the opposite of this one. I'd say Gallo. Gallo? Ricardo? So some people are Chateau Margot. Me some too, Gallo, Gallo. Because Gallo offers a lot of jobs. Uh, I know. <laughs> Gallo wine, 18.8. Thousand globally, Chateau Margaux, twenty nine point five thousand globally. However, in wow. France, the highest searched for volume area, it's eight point one k. Whereas uh, in the U.S. for Gallo, it is eight fourteen point eight k. So, uh, you're both right, depending on what country you're in. Um, uh, how about um, Chateau Margaux and Ch uh, Mouton Rothschild? Mouton Rothschild. Rothschild for me. Mouton Rothschild. Rothschild? Uh, I, I stay on Margot. Yeah. Okay. Me too, Chateau Margot. Globally, um, Rothschild has 15.5 thousand searches a month with Margot at 29.5 thousand. And even in France, the most searched for country for both brands, it's 1.9K on um, Rothschild versus 8.1K on Margot. So Margot way more, way more popular. So I went for weird ones, Lafitte uh, versus Romani Conti. Lafitte. 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 I would go for would Romani, Romani Conti because Lafitte is probably more based around the uh, Chinese market. Bobby, I don't break your rules. Me too, Lord, Romani, Romani Conti. <laughs> it is actually Lafitte at 10.9K global versus, I'm sorry, 1.1. Wow, 1. that's quite a ratio. That is poor. I feel really sorry for uh, Romani Conti because it's just like no one's searching for it. I don't, I don't. Need to feel bad. I don't feel bad for him. Look at them all. <laughs> if anybody um, wants to come play rapid fire, come on up. Uh, I don't know how much Judith has, but remember, raise your hand. You can come on up. I've got a few more. I've got areas. So I've got Barossa versus Duro. Barossa wine versus Duro wine. Barossa. Barossa. I go for Duro. Ricardo? De Rosa. I say De Rosa. So, Barossa is 5.2K globally. Dura Wine, 
5.5k just squeaking ahead. Yes. Portugal just edging them out. Judith, or, Judith how old is this data? Uh, this, this morning. Brazilian? Okay. <laughs> so it's this morning. Um, I did this this morning. <laughs> um, Bordeaux versus Napa. Bordeaux wine versus Napa wine. Bordeaux. Globally, we'll say globally. Bordeaux. I say Bordeaux. 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 Bordeaux squeaks it at 40.6 versus 34.8. Napa is holding, you know, it's starting to hold its own and, and improve. U.S. is for both the highest searched area. Oregon wine versus my home, Niagara wine. Oregon? I'm going to say. Oregon. I say Oregon. 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 Say Niagara. So the the home advantage goes to Niagara, my home, 16.5 um, thousand searches a month versus 11,000 for Oregon. So Niagara takes it. Woohoo. So finally, something Canada is better at. Um, how about Beaujolais wine versus Rioja wine? Rioja. Rioja. In the States, probably Beaujolais, but in uh, globally, I'd say Rioja. I'll say Beaujolais. So uh, in the U.S., uh, the search volume is 6.6K for Beaujolais, 9.9 .9 for Rioja. Globally, 10.6 for Beaujolais, 27.1 for Rioja. Congratulations, Aha! Spain. <laughs> um, and how about our favorites, Barolo versus Tuscan? Tuscan. Tuscan. Tuscany. Tuscan all the way. Uh, this is a tough one. I will go with Barolo. <laughs> so Tuscan wine, globally, 13.2 thousand searches a month. Barolo wine, 29.3 thousand searches a month. Woo! That's a big gap. Ah, that was, that, it's a huge gap between Tuscan and Barolo. I was, I was really surprised. This is but really you guys. Fun. You guys will be able to access all this data at the end. Sweet versus fortified, port wine versus Marsala. I was surprised by this. Marsala. The volumes here are crazy. Marsala. Uh, fortified? Sweet slash fortified. Sweet slash uh, Marsala because people cook with it. So I'd say that's more recognized. So port versus Marsala. Globally, we'll say globally. Port. Marsala, 77,000 searches a month versus Port Wines, 86.9 thousand searches a month. 86.9 thousand. So Portugal, I thought yeah. I would look at the brands because like, you know, on the, on the supermarket shelves, Taylor Port versus Graham's Port. Who do you think has more searches? Taylor. 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 Yeah, you're right. 25,300 versus 5.4 thousand. I feel sorry for Graham's. Sherry Wine versus Vincento. Who do you think has more global search volume? Sherry. Sherry. Oh, Sherry too. Sherry squeaks it at 20.4 thousand versus 19.4 thousand on Vincento. Amazing. It's higher than I thought it would be. Uh, what about Ice Wine versus Madeira Wine? Ice Wine. Madeira. Madeira. Ice wine. Ooh, split. And it was very close. Ice wine, 50,000.8. Madeira wine, 47,000.4. Very close. Very, very close. How about a three-way one? Sautern versus Tokai versus Muscat. Muscat. Sauternes. Sauternes. So, um, I'll go Tokai wine is 5.4 thousand. Sorry, Hungary. Got to do a better PR job. Um, so turn seven point four thousand Muscat, fourteen point three thousand globally. They are the clear winners. So they are the big ones. And then last but not least, I I did a I did a, a there's two overview slides that you'll see when you see the deck. Um, who do you think has the most search volume out of Malbec, Pinot Noir, and Cabernet Sauvignon? Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. Globally, Malbec at 266,000 searches per month for Malbec, 257,000 per month for Pinot Noir, and 253,000 
253.8, so almost 254 for Cab Sav globally. Interesting. However, Pinot Noir most searched for in the U.S. of those three. Merlot, Zinfandel, Tempranillo. Who do you think is most searched? Merlot. 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 <laughs> Merlot is going Merlot. Believe it or not, yes, Merlot. Merlot at, at 192,000, 192.9 uh, versus Zinfandel's 71.6 and Tempranillo's oh, 54.5. Um, Syrah, Cab Franc, and Grenache. Syrah. Grenache. Grenache. Syrah. 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 No one's going for the Cap Franc. <laughs> Cap Franc is 32.7 thousand. Grenache, 30.4 thousand. Syrah, 51.6. Pinotage versus Nebbiolo. Nebbiolo in the house. Nebbiolo. Nebbiolo. 26,000.8. Uh, on Nebbiolo and twin and 18.7 on Pinotage. So yes, you guys were absolutely right. So on the whites, I did only a few whites. Um, Simeon, uh, White, Zinfandel, and Viognier. Of those three, who do you think scored biggest? White, Zin. Unfortunately, White, Zin. Um, the Simeon is uh, 9.8 thousand. White Zinvendel is 32.1 thousand, but Vionyang just squeaks in at 38.4 thousand at the top. Um, Gewurz versus Sauve Blanc. Who do you think Sauvignon. scores highest on search for? Sauve Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc. You're all right. It's 127.6 thousand versus Gewurz's 78.6 thousand searches per month and then pinot grigio riesling and chardonnay who do you think scored highest on searches pinot grigio chardonnay pinot grigio pinot grigio Oof, bit of a split most people going for pinot grigio yep me riesling has 132.6 thousand searches per month pinot grigio 217.7 thousand Chardonnay 272.2 thousand searches per month globally now if you check my Twitter so that's that's all I've got for you if you check my Twitter at the end of this I will post the that's slides a lot already, to my Twitter Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you it's really fun thank you fun. so much so, but it's so important to do the search, the research to understand what people are searching for, because, you know, we really didn't know what wine pairs with salmon. I had no idea. I thought it would be cheese, but salmon was the winner. And if we're not producing the content that people want to read, no one's coming to our, our website. I'm curious about something. Do you think people tend to tend to search for, for words that they have difficulty pronouncing more so than what they can pronounce, let's say from the U.S.? Possibly. So there, there is a, a possibility that something like Gewurz would be um, searched for a lot because people don't know how to pronounce it. So they're looking for a pronunciation key rather than information about the wine. And that's a problem with the whites versus the reds as well. The areas I did specify like Beaujolais wine, Barola wine, um, Marsala wine, port wine, because a port is also a thing. Um, so those were all specified in a little bit, little bit of a longer tale, but yeah, like Viognier or Gewürztraminer, people could be looking at how to actually pronounce the word rather than for the wine itself. But we still need to understand what people are looking for. Very informative. Thank you so much. No worries. So regarding the numbers that you had uh, as you work in different industries, the, the highest that you had was which one? Um, it was actually on the um, on the like the red versus white area. So it was our Chardonnay at two hundred and seventy two thousand um, on the wines. So just looking at like the bulk wines, and then two hundred and sixty six for Malbec. So people just looking for that sort of thing. Um, it, it, port wine at forty thousand was quite significant. But these are all these are kind of short tailed. So if we look at something like best wineries in Napa, that's more of what small wineries should be looking at so 
best wineries in Napa, you, you, of course, we have to be careful of laws regarding advertising. So never call yourself the best unless you can justify it. However, if you have a list of what you as a blogger or what you as a winemaker think of as the best wineries in X area, you can attract people to your winery's website by saying, not only do I have great wines, but look at all these other great wineries near me. So there are ways of, of manufacturing content, like what are the best wineries? Um, 10.6k globally is you know it's okay but 9.9 in the u.s means that there's a heavy u.s audience for that content so i definitely would be looking at stuffing stuff like this and um writing for it in other industries i work in pharma uh, pharmacological products we have very low search volumes i've worked in machinery so machines that are sold to businesses, we have search volumes in tens or twenties. Um, and I've, I've worked in toys, which is in the thousands, but you know, we're talking 3,500 or 7,800. We, we don't see volumes like our 76,600 for wine tasting, but those 76,600 searches per month that are happening for wine tasting are often modified like wine tasting online or remote wine tasting, which is a, an industry we saw rise, especially as coronavirus hit. Some tour operators could not pivot, but some did really well and offered remote wine tastings. There's a, oh, I can't remember. It's got like these little test tube things, but there's a new-ish wine, um, uh, remote wine tasting company that is doing this, um, these, these boxes, these tasting boxes where you can taste your way across uh, different wines and you go on to a Zoom and you do it with a, a, a sommelier in order to understand what it is you're tasting. So it, if we look at like something like um, wine tasting, be very careful about trying to target that on your page, especially because like outside of the US, the UK, Italy, um, ZA, South Africa and Canada, we're not seeing huge search volumes on wine tastings. So as soon as we get down to Canada and South Africa, we're looking at 2.9,000 a month. And that's again going to be um, segmented by wine tastings near me, remote wine tastings, etc. So be very careful about when you're optimizing and writing content um, based on keywords. You need to think about your audience. I have a question for you, Judith. As a recommendation for a wine shop or winery, if they want to reference better their website or according to keywords, which minimum volume of searches they should be looking at per month to find keywords that will help them in a way? if they provide the right content? I would say you should not be looking at keywords that are above 880 searches a month. Why? Because you want to be targeting people that are highly targeted to you. So um, best wineries in Napa is great at 9.9 thousand a month, but you're going to be competing with a lot of people in the millions. So you need to have a lot of links. You need to have a really fast website. So we're talking about a page that will load fully, completely, in around two seconds. Technically, not an easy thing to achieve. And then you have to have written perfect content. So that is not easy. If you look at around the 880 level or, or even lower, if it's relevant to your area, that's what you want to be doing. So if you're a, winer, uh, if you're a winery in, I don't know, uh, Kent, I'm in Oxfordshire. Let's say Oxfordshire. We have wineries in Oxfordshire and, and we have uh, vineyards in Oxfordshire. If you're a, a winery in Oxfordshire and you want to uh, write content that will attract people to your website, do your research. What are your grape types? Are people looking for your grape types? If they're, I don't know what we're even growing here. Let's say Chardonnay. If you're growing Chardonnay, that's a huge search volume. Don't just target the keyword Chardonnay. Target Chardonnay grapes in Oxfordshire. No, no one's searching for that right now, but they will be soon or one day if we, we aren't growing Chardonnay, I'm pretty sure. But if we were, somebody would search for that. And those are the people that you want to target because they're the people who want you. But I would be recommending things like pairing up with Witchwood Breweries and doing like a wine and beer guided self-guided tours um get in contact with other breweries in the area in oxfordshire so when you're writing content it's got to be for your location think about near me um searches um people are not going to be looking for chardonnay near me 
they're just not they might be looking for best wineries near me wine tastings near me and those will be geolocated so you need to make sure that the content on your website has been identified through your address as being in a specific location so if you're saying we do wine tastings in southern ontario i i was so frustrated when i tried to get some I tried to buy a tour of some southern ontario wineries that included my favorite stratus apparently none exist so i had to make one up myself but if you want if you're stratus winery and you want me who wants to visit your winery as part of a wine tour to come on the right wine tour you need to have a page on your website that says these are the wine tours that come near me um, and then get those wine tours to link to you as well to say that we we hit stratus so think about your target audience and what words they're searching for in order to find you and then make it easy make it like for my dad my dad's not the most technologically savvy person in the world if my dad can find you you're in <laughs> I have a question, Judith. So, you know, a two second yep. load, a two second load time for a web pages. Wow. That's really, really fast. You know, as you start to go up, you know, three seconds, four seconds on up, where do you see like uh, it really starting to hurt SEO and people just starting to fall off? Like what you said, two seconds, that's pretty darn hard. Like, uh, you know, if people have longer load times, what, what could be acceptable, quote unquote? Well, I would say look at your own mobile phone and see what is acceptable to you. How long are you willing to wait for that content? Now, I've waited a long time for content, five seconds, eight seconds. When you are standing there and there's nothing on your phone, think about how, how torturous that is. And that's how long your website should not take to load. Two seconds is hard. If you are a an image-heavy website, there are ways to make that fast and there's slightly technical elements but if you're on wordpress there are plugins that will shrink your images to help you make help make it fast plus you can get a plugin for a m p accelerated mobile pages and that's the magic because google looks at mobile pages over desktop pages when it's measuring speed and those pages are designed to be fast. They don't have all the WYSI functionality. So if you've got um, a cursor that sprinkles sparkles all over your page, I am very old. Back in the day, we used to create little magic wands on our website when you put your cursor over something and it would make trails of little sparkles. That is hugely server intensive. Please don't do that. And if you do do that, try to you know have your dev do something for mobile that's fast. So you can do a plugin on WordPress, AMP plugin, and there should be a native WordPress plugin. You just install the plugin, and then you'll have a separate section of your website that is optimized fast for mobile. And you just need to make sure that you update it when you update other pages of your website. Super easy. Judith, a couple, couple of questions. One is, um, oh, I wanna get your thoughts on this. One is, <clears throat> There are ways to drive traffic to your site, obviously, one of which is through using search terms that uh, have some autocomplete aspects to it. Uh, can, can you speak Can you speak to that? And also, you know, the Google ranking of where your page is at, where your wine store might be at, you know, on the, on the page. Is it, is it on the top? Is it in the middle? Uh, can, you, can you say anything about that? Sure. So your wine store, if you, this is a little bit more complicated. So for the wine store side of things, I would recommend reading up on something called Google Merchant Center and a, a product feed. And I, it's a little bit more complex in that what it does is it takes your products and it puts it into a, a format that is readable by the Google machine. And you can plug this feed into Google Merchant Center and you can be included into Google product feeds that come through into the search results. Sometimes you'll be on top with other paid ads. Sometimes you'll be in the middle and sometimes you'll be at the bottom with a picture of your wine and the price of your wine and the uh, uh, like the, the title of your wine. So like um, Judith's Bold Red or whatever your wine is called. Um, it's a little bit more technical, but there are free help um, articles online that will help you for free understand how to make a feed and how to plug it into Google Merchant Center. So for your products, I heavily recommend that. Um, 
for understanding where you're ranking outside of that, um, it's it's a little bit difficult. Um, it, the elements that go into ranking a page are three things. Well, I'm generalizing a lot. The technical optimization of your website, so how fast is it, but also can Google see it? Because there are things that we can do to our website to make it invisible. Um, also, how many links have you got? So are other people connecting to you? Um, and also, what is the content on your page? So what have you written on each of the pages of your website? What, what I've also seen that's driven traffic to a site or to a location is if you have article stories that also link back to the store or reference, as you said, really generally driving the algorithm in the traffic to uh, a requested area or a place that people visit. And I'm curious how you how this also impacts the um, your thoughts on the autocomplete, which is a feature of Google. So Google's autocomplete is actually based on search volumes. So remember the game that we were playing earlier. If you type in best wineries in, Google will autocomplete based on its database of billions of searches that are completed every week. So I think there are some hundreds of thousands of searches that happen pretty much every minute within the United Kingdom. Um, a, a lot of those are manual, some of those are voice, uh, and those feed the um, artificial intelligence, some people call it, but it's machine learning that then goes in and auto-completes in Google search. So I type in chocolate chip and it will complete auto-complete with cookie recipes because it knows that most people when they type in chocolate chip are actually typing in chocolate chip cookie recipe because they want the recipe. And also when I search for truffles, it will give me chocolate truffle recipes before it will give me a commercial search result. So the autocomplete for Google is actually based on other people doing searches. There are ways that I can influence this. It is not something that I would recommend for people to do. Yes, I'm aware of the influencing and the hacking side. So I was curious about your speaking about it. Thank you. Thanks. No a lot. worries. Uh, Pierre, if you want to jump in with question, Ricardo also, but before we go with you, I would like to invite anyone on the stage to ask any question or chip in with any comment. Go on, Piero Ricardo. Judith, you're spitting fire. So I, I just want to say I appreciate it so much. Go ahead, Pierre. Pierre's also doing some of this work uh, in, in Sonoma. Go ahead, Pierre. Hi, Judith. Hi, everyone. Yes, I do. Uh, I'm a professor at Sonoma State. Uh, I teach uh, digital marketing, e-commerce, and um, I did a, a research with uh, Lee Stash and Damien a couple of years ago, ah. exactly about uh, uh, we're doing with the digital marketing across, especially US. And we noticed that the biggest issue they have in general is the, the lack of knowledge. And then we realized that like 50% of the companies, they still using SEO in-house, even if they don't know, they don't know what they're doing, right? Uh, I, I just want to step one thing back, Jennifer, to clarify, because sometimes you jump in straight away, and because that research we showed, the majority of the investing, the uh, efforts, and then the resource was mostly to social media, and they don't realize that how much the search is relevant to the business overall. So when you talk about e-commerce, for example, uh, I did in a research I found, it, this is across all the uh, industries. So uh, when you're looking into e-commerce, uh, search is responsible for 67% of the e-commerce. Social media is only 4%, right? It is a very tiny amount. And I work in a different industries. Now. I work in banking before, uh, telecom, and we see quite consistent. I even remember seeing uh, Heine from Vivino, he said the same thing. For them, it's also two-thirds of the e-commerce comes from search. So it's almost 50-50 split. 50 paid, 50 organic. And uh, I just want to clarify because the search is so different from the rest of the channels. Uh, when you talk about social display and uh, any odd engagement, because search, we have the intention. The intent is before it is different for any other ones, right? In social media, you get disrupted by an ad, but search, people are focused what they want. Now they, they want to clarify something, they're curious of they need something. And then uh, when we talk about you know developing uh, uh, strategies on that, the, like you mentioned, uh, the keywords may be two head terms that really broad, and what actually matters for them is the long tail. But long tail has such a small volume 
but it's such a high conversion too, right? If you're very specific what do you do, you don't want to narrow too much, right? But uh, it, it's such a comfortable way that you have enough that when people search for those terms, they're very close to that, they can find you instead of somebody else. So understanding the customer and that aspect would actually clarify that. Uh, because you said you mentioned that you work for different um, uh, fields as well, right? Can you cross perhaps, are you seeing the same thing for you that search is that much relevant in other industries? Because I, I've seen, I, I want to hear your opinion and you know your very <laughs> good background in 30 years in the wine industry to um, see the search, yes. I, I think that's the, for me, is the foundation for any uh, um, website for the wineries. Because the, if they can't find you, they already know you or they've very heard about you and if they can't find you, they're going to go somewhere else for sure. Right? They, they find an alternative. Uh, I heard this from one, a producer that, oh, no, they're going to find me. It doesn't matter what. I said, it's not like that anymore. If you, your website don't load, like you said, two seconds, move on. And today you have so many platforms, like uh, very simple, like Shopify grows so much from last year, right? And uh, so it doesn't justify for you to have this old, archaic, non-responsible website anymore. You can, you know, build yourself in Squarespace, Wix, Shopify. It doesn't cost that much, right? Uh, can you give some thoughts on that? Thank you. And done. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, I know Damien quite well. Um, I think uh, it depends on what industry you're in. I'm in publishing as well right now. I have a client who's in publishing. 80% of our traffic comes from organic search. So it's not even a 50-50 split um, from search of PPC and organic. It's 80% organic. Now, numbers like that make me nervous. When I work with clients who are in a more commercial area, I would prefer to see 60 or even 50% coming from organic search, 25 from PPC, 25 from things like email marketing and social and things like that. Social is definitely not a huge conversion channel. It's good for brand awareness, but unless you're looking at trying to make your your winery famous and you're not, you know, Chateau Margaux, but you're actually, and you're not Screaming Eagle, but you're, uh, I don't know, um, Judith's winery, <laughs> then you don't really, you know, you're building your brand, but nobody's going to buy you. If you're Chateau Lafitte, you don't need social media, but well, you could utilize social media because it is an awareness platform, but you don't really need that. Organic search is so important, but really overlooked because it's expensive and people don't see immediate outcomes, whereas social media is a low barrier to entry. So um, it is easier to target, let's say, the 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 kids, and I'm not, I don't mean young people, I mean like in 20s and 30s type thing, of, of winemakers with a new closure than it is on, on social media than it is in search. So sometimes it is, it does make sense to, to target your audience in social, but it's generally search that you should be targeting your audience in. And as you say, it is a pull mechanism. If I'm in search and I'm typing best wineries in Sonoma, and sorry, you lost out to um, Napa there on the search volume, but if you're typing in best wineries in Sonoma, you want to find wineries in Sonoma. If you're typing in best wineries in Niagara-on-the-Lake, uh, then you want to find the best wineries around Niagara-on-the-Lake. You don't want to have to go to the bench or Prince Edward County in Ontario, both of which are a long way away, just for, for reference from Niagara-on-the-Lake. So you, you need to be thinking about your audience and what your audience are looking for. But also, if you only have 10 people, like you say, if it's a low search volume, 10 people a month looking, but 50% of those convert and buy your wine, that's fine. Why, why not do that instead of doing social media? Because you will sell wine. And those people who buy your wine, if you're lucky, they'll go on to share your wine, share your story, and sell more wine for you. So absolutely, we need to be focused on not just the big head terms like Chardonnay, we need to be focused on the longer tail things like um, best wineries in Sonoma, and then look at what we need to be doing in search to be drawing the people in because otherwise to be found in social, you're either, as you say, interrupting, you're pushing into people's lean back instead of leaning in time. But if you're in search, they're leaning in, they're doing something active, they're looking for you, they just don't know who you are yet. And no, as you say, if a blogger is outranking your winery or several bloggers are outranking your winery, 
in search results, they're not going to find you even if they know your name. So as you rightly say, it is a really important area. And I mean, I'd love to do something like Damien does, which is to like teach budding entrepreneurs in the wine industry a little bit about SEO and what they need to know in order to do make an optimized website for themselves. Because it's not hard if you use the right tools to at least start off on the right foot before you have to go in and, and hire an agency. So that's why I do so many conferences. And that's why I, I give up a lot of unpaid time to help um, by doing the conferences because I don't get paid. <laughs> like they'll pay for my flights, but I don't get paid for the downtime of flying and being at the conference and then giving all these wineries um, advice. So I do it because I believe that it is a good thing to do to help these people not get taken advantage of. And I'd love to see universities like Sonoma State um, doing more with their their budding entrepreneurs in the wine industry to teach them the fundamentals of, of web. Thank presence. you so much, Judy. I do have a question, Fabian, before we go to Ricardo. Uh, Judith, I have a question for, let's say, wineries or even myself focused on YouTube. Should I be uh, approaching my YouTube titles or a winery approaching the, the the video titles and description in the same way they would a website? Yes, everything should be optimized from your YouTube video titles because they will be pulled through into the search results all the way through to your web presence. And I would argue your social media should be optimized for the consumer of that media. So your YouTube title tag, your YouTube title of your video, what you call your video before you upload it to YouTube, um, how you position your video, everything can be optimized for visibility in search results, but people will search on YouTube as well as searching in Google. So you need to be thinking about both those and there are tools which will give you insight into what people are searching on YouTube versus most tools will give you what searching on, people are searching for on Google. So there are different ways that people search on each different platform. So do optimize with both in mind. Thank you. Uh, uh, hold, on, hold on one second, okay. Pierre, one second. Get some, some housekeeping things. Uh, uh, Amico, uh, Erico, sorry, I'm trying to bring you up. I don't know why, uh, why Clubhouse is not letting me bring you up. So just maybe put your hand down and then raise it back up again. Pierre, I'll let you touch on this. I, I want to get to Ricardo first and then we'll go back to you, Pierre. Uh, Ricardo, did you have a question or comment? Yeah, sure. Thanks. No, I'm just building up my website uh, because I'm more focused on the social network right now, but I'm building up my, my website because I think it's a proper thing to do. And I was wondering which of the SEO tactics could be uh, more important to focus when I'm building a website. And also, Judith, another one, how can I be sure to have considered all the possible keywords when, I mean, when that people can reasonably search about? So the thing you need to be thinking about when you're building your website is whether you're building it on Shopify or Wix or Wikipedia or, or sorry, or Wiki or um, WordPress um, is that you need to think about how people organize their own brains, let alone how Google organizes their brains. So if, if you um, think about how people think about wine, they think about red and then they think about the grape type. Um, and calories, apparently. Um, but uh, they think about it that way. So you should organize your website that way. Think about organizing your website based on how people think about things rather than how um, people within an industry think about things. So in the wine industry, we refer to things in a very specific way. For instance, Germany has different names for the same grape as what I feel like the rest of the world. So in judging, I've been faced with some crazy grape names and I have to use my phone to search to see what that grape is. I, I can't remember one was a Pinot Meunier and it was called something else in Germany. And I was like, I don't know, this tastes like Pinot Meunier, but like, I don't know the name that I've been confronted with. So I don't know what I should be looking for in this wine. So I had to check and it was, but you know, so, so things like that, just because something's called something doesn't mean it's right. So if you're in Germany looking for German tourists or people who know German wines, do not use the word that is used in the rest of the world or say also known as look at what people are looking for locally. So you have to think about what people are looking for locally in order to organize your website. And, and it will not be you. really a shop site. It will be more an educational site 
I'm thinking about doing some education and if people want to learn about some stuff, you know. Uh, so if they're looking for education, so there are people will longer tail their searches. So when you do some research, I always recommend S-E-M-R-U-S-H, SEMrush. I always spell it out because it's a little bit awkward. S-E-M- yeah, yeah, I have already heard about, yeah. Yeah. So you can get a free two weeks off of them. Um, and if you have multiple phone numbers, you can get multiple free two weeks off of them. And you can go in and do your research for your website. So if it's an informational educational website, you can do something like um, learn to prune vines or when does wine pruning happen? Or um, SEMrush will also show you the questions that are associated with searches. So if you go in and you search for Sautern wines, you can see, or Sautern or, or Muscat or whatever, you can see the questions people also ask. You can also use a website called alsoasked.com. So it's what people also asked, A-S-K-E-D, asked. So alsoasked.com. And you can see what the questions are that people are asking, the Google is finding and pushing into the search results that way. So if you're looking to educate people, look in those areas. So also asked and, and SEMrush for your research in order to build your website. And then for educational purposes, I would recommend, again, aligning it with what people, the way people think rather than the way the industry thinks, because the industry is small compared to the consumer mass out there. So if there, for every 10 people in the industry, there are a thousand people out there that are searching for it. Wow. I Thank love you. this, Judith. You're spitting yeah, fire. That's crazy. Yeah. She's like a <laughs> <Not really. laughs> uh, let's, let's, let's go down to P Pierre real quick. And I want to get to Lindsay. We don't have a lot of time left with Judith. So Pierre, I uh, hope if you could, your question or comment fairly brief, we'll have you and we'll have you in a room in the near future. So don't worry. No, don't worry. It's just the one thing that I have a class to teach in 10 minutes. Like Joseph said, it's good to talk to the, the students and you know, inspire the younger entrepreneurs. Uh, I just want to point it out is that there's a huge amount of voice search that we don't talk much. Uh, I did a, a webinar a couple months ago at Sonoma State. The, uh, even the professors are like, oh yeah, we didn't think about that. The voice search is very different the way we do on a website. Perhaps she wants to comment about because it's kind of now you ask uh, Alexa how to do or even Google Assistant. And then you should have at least one page on your website to, you know, get kind of uh, frequently ask questions which would answer these things related to your brand and your mission statement, for example. Could you talk a little bit, Chidif? Uh, Thank you. That's super complex and probably outside of the scope of this clubhouse, but FAQ schema and speakable schema, which is what is used by Google to speak back to people, is what you can actually insert on your site in order to get your questions answered by voice. Voice is expanding, but only for some areas of search. So you will find like uh, people voice search for things like... Um, what is the best wine? What is the best sweet wine? What is the best red wine? What is the best wine in California? What is the best wine in Ontario? What is the best wine in Spain? What is the best wine in Switzerland? They're asking questions that require a, um, a, a value judgment. They are qualitative questions. And so you can mark up your website with something called Speakable Schema. So you go to schema.org, S-C-H-E-M-A.org. So schema. Dot org. You look for speakable and you can mark up your content, which will be spoken back to somebody that can be spoken back. FAQ schema is also available on that. Google has also released stuff about this. It's not just about having a web page dedicated to FAQ, but on each of the individual pages of your website, you can also have a FAQ schema. So if you've got a web page about Malbec, you can actually have frequently asked questions about Malbec. Or if you've got a, a wine that includes Malbec and I don't know what's a crazy grape, Viognier. Uh, like a, a Malbec Viognier, no one would ever do that. But if you had a Malbec Viognier blend, you could have frequently asked questions about those grapes that are on that site and they will be pulled through into the Google search results if you are in the top, I think top 100. Um, but I think they're squeezing that down to the top 30. So FAQ schema is markupable. There are Google documents on that. And speakable is the schema that you need in order to get Google to speak back part of your website. Um, yes, voice search is increasing. It isn't increasing at the rate at which we thought it would be, but it is increasing and it's much, much, much a part of our daily lives. However, um, text-based uh, searches are still the predominant method of people finding us. And also don't forget, you don't click through to a search result. When you speak, you get it spoken back to you. 
Thank you so much, Judith and Pierre. Now we have Lindsay Verito. She's based in the UK and she's doing wine at the Black Book Winery. Welcome. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Great chat. Thanks for organizing it. Um, very quick question for me. Um, so, yeah, we have a winery here in London and um, we've built our whole website on Squarespace. And I just wanted to get your perspectives. I know that you mentioned Shopify and others. I have the impression that Squarespace is really probably the least effective um, platform for SEO. And I just wanted your perspective because we are, I do consider whether we should switch the whole thing. Um, so I just wondered if you could share any thoughts on Squarespace. Squarespace isn't my favorite of platforms. There are ways to optimize for it, but there's a, it's it's what I would say it's a little bit hacky, not in a bad way. It's just that there's a lot of things that you have to work around with Squarespace. It doesn't mean that it's bad. Squarespace can be really good. What you could do is test by having a blog aspect of your website on a WordPress platform and have that working in tandem with your Squarespace. So keep your Squarespace hosting your commercial side mm -hmm. and then have a separate WordPress blog on the side. And you can do that on a subfolder with some some smart redirects and you can get some help from probably the Squarespace people for doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and WordPress, you can self-host or you can host on WordPress.com and it, it it is your domain name. It doesn't have to be like WordPress.org forward slash your winery's name okay so there are ways around it and so i would use the blog as a way of optimizing for stuff and then squarespace as a way of hosting your shop so if you think about it that way you can embed bits of your shop into a, a wordpress site and so you still have the functionality of squarespace which you need for transactional um, requirements so like if you want people to be able to pay by credit card and stuff like that but mm -hmm. for the content side you can use something like a wordpress or a wix or something like that uh, but I, I would recommend like a self-hosted wordpress ultimately but you can do other hosted um, iterations of these websites in order to en enable you to optimize your content the way you need it mm -hmm. and then have your squarespace shop still in there as well and also look for uh, squarespace support for um, feeds, product mm -hmm. feeds, in order to go into Google Merchant Center. I know that I uh, when I started my website, I started with Squarespace, and I gave up really quickly because mm. it was just really running slow, and I switched to WordPress. So thank you, Judith. Uh, we have probably time for another question. Uh, if somebody wants to raise their hand, I mean, it's not every day that we have somebody with uh, Judith's knowledge up here giving away so much great information. Lindsay, I, I forget to ask you, was that, was that uh, suitable for you? Yeah, that was really helpful. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No worries. I, I don't like to um I I don't like to rubbish anyone, uh, as I say. But yeah, it it and it's onerous to move away from something like Squarespace. Mm -hmm. But if you have WordPress, you can then experiment with Shopify. And I, I do like Shopify. I know a guy who works for Shopify as well. So okay. they do give really good support. So I, I do really like Shopify as a solution. And and, and is it a, effective as for SEO? More so yeah, than, they yeah. they have a team that their only job is to make sure Shopify for people that mm -hmm. are using it is SEO friendly. Got so it. they have a whole team that's dedicated to just making sure Shopify is an SEO friendly platform. Mm -hmm. um, and they are very helpful and they're very responsive. So from if I was picking from fresh, I would absolutely go Shopify. But if you've got Squarespace, I would see if you can work around it by using WordPress. If you want to throw in the towel, it is onerous and very difficult to move across. But mm. it might be during a downtime, like maybe over the winter or something, it might be yeah. something you want to look at at doing. That's great advice. Thank you. No worries. And we have our last question. Welcome to the stage, Cody. Hi there. Thanks so much for calling me up. And thank you, Judith, for everything that you're sharing. My question is actually kind of on that line of thinking. I'm, you know, still behind, I would say a little bit in terms of just learning generally about SEO. Obviously, I know I can go onto Google and just start searching around and learning that way. But I was curious if you had any specific resources, um, be those, you know, websites or, or other resources that you might say would be, um, good for folks who just want to learn more about SEO and expand their knowledge. Yeah. So there is actually a really good resource a friend of mine named Aleda Solis put together recently. It's called learningseo.io. So learning 
the the learning the action <laughs> learning seo.io and what that does is it steps you through from beginning through to technical seo local seo keyword research all the different elements of seo now seo is a huge area it's not small it's it's really really big so there's a lot to go through and her website is massive so to speak she put it together on one day on a sunday and it's grown like massively since then it's all free resources so it's all stuff that you can access for free including free tools that you can trial and things like that so if you go to learningseo.io um, from Aleda Solis you'll see just like lists of articles that you can read through that's the best place for you to go to learn SEO um, and I would say anybody who emails you out of the blue and says hey I can fix your SEO don't trust them Jit <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Cody was that useful for you? That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Thank you. That was useful for me too, because uh, I, I work on my own pages SEO. So thank you, Judith. Where, but uh, as we close down, where can people find you? Maybe I don't know if people you know, want to utilize your services or do you, do you have a specific website that you're at? Um, I do. I, I'm actually fully resourced until around mid-May, possibly June. So um, it would be a struggle for people to hire me. But um, uh, my website is decabit dot com d e c a b b i t which is, i think it's in my profile i think i think i put it in there so if you click on my face <laughs> in clubhouse um you sh should see my uh twitter and my facebook no my twitter my instagram and also my website but if you look for me i'm judith lewis on twitter and you'll see on twitter on my judith lewis feed you will see that um when this is over there will be uh, actually right now i pre-programmed it a post of the slides that i went through today on all the different search volumes and um you can ask me anything so if you ask me something on twitter i will be happy to respond and my dms are open so if you're shy just dm me a question and i will do my best to help and you do a room every two weeks correct i do do a room i do an seo link building room it's a little bit more advanced but if you're interested in getting tips and tricks and information every two weeks uh so we did one this week we'll do another one in two weeks and again if you're following me on twitter you'll see me um, post tweets when I'm I'm doing those. You can come in and ask anything. Thank you so much for your time, Judy. Thank you for your energy and your knowledge. It was like amazing. And actually, we wrap it perfectly in one hour. So that's pretty amazing. So thank you very much uh, for your time. Hopefully, see you around maybe this year or with a glass of wine if we can find a way to travel again at some point. I'll bring the toke. I'll bring the toke. You bring the Canadian ice wine. <laughs> I have none. I'm in Oxfordshire. I've drunk it all. Um, I'll be traveling soon, so I'll be doing the wineries around Athens. In I think it's in June. There are six Ooh. wineries that are around Athens. Also, the wine routes of Northern Greece. I'll be doing those in September. I'll be doing wineries in in Romania. I'll be doing I'll be doing a lot of wineries this year. So hopefully, somewhere along the lines, we'll run into each other. Great. Thank you both. Thank you all. Thank you, no everyone. Uh, feel free to follow Judith to contact yes. her for whatever you need, guys. Uh, like she said, go on Twitter. She's very responsive, unless when she's working. Uh, Judith, before we tell you bye, maybe you have one takeaway for people that you want to put on, like something simple that might help them or... Sure, yeah. Uh, besides... Um go to learningseo.io, which is Aleda's amazing resource. If you're in the wine tourism business or you're in, you, you own a winery, um, I would say the most important thing for you to do is to understand how people are finding you and make sure that you're where you expect to be. So do a search on Google for what you think, how you think people should be finding you. And if you're not there, pop me an email and I'll double check to see whether there's something technical wrong with your site or use learningseo.io and check the tools there. If you're not where you think you should be, then there may be a problem with your website that somebody may need to look at. So always check to see if you're where you think you should be. And then I've got lots of decks. So if you go to my website, decabit.com, 
then you will see that I link to various previous conferences. I'm so sorry, I haven't done an update le recently, but you'll see links to previous decks that are hosted on the various conferences websites, as well as my own Decabit slide share, where you can get more information about doing SEO for yourself, because I truly believe we should all be doing it for ourselves before we hire somebody like me uh, to come in and do it for us. Great, thank you, Judith. You were really, you really uh, rocked this room. I want to appreciate it. Guys, I want to let you know in our club up there, we have a couple of rooms. Uh, tomorrow, Sanisha wanted to host uh, Zoltan, who wrote, wrote a book about the wines of Spain, and myself, actually, about writing books. Wine industry. Fabian, what do we have coming up next week? Next week, it's all going to be about South America. We're going to go for the Tana Day with Amanda Burns. And hopefully we might have the chance to do something with Malbec also, because there is Malbec Day and Tanat Day. There will be plenty of producers and very knowledgeable people. So if you want to know more, if you want to engage with some of the best producers down there, feel free to connect with us and jump in. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day or evening, wherever you are in the world. And see you around on Clubhouse. Thank you. Make sure to follow Judith. Her bi-weekly rooms are just incredibly knowledge-rich. They're a bit technical, but incredibly knowledge-rich. So check it out. Thank you, everyone, for being a part of this. And hopefully I will see you at an, uh, an event, a winery or a wine event near you soon. And normally, if you're at a conference with Judith, if you ask questions, she gives you a chocolate for free also. You forgot to mention that. This is true. This is true. Ooh, I give I'm, chocolate I'm for there. questions. I'm coming just for the chocolate <laughs> room open for just a, a little while. So people can follow who they need to follow. Judith. Thank you again. I will see everybody around the clubhouse. Thank you.